Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 299. We're talking park where people are. Seems like an obvious statement. Yeah, it could be so challenging when you get caught up in the minutia of what you do and how you do it and the grind of the daily that's going to be Ching's journey on the truck. So making sure you understand where people are, how to get in front of them, so important. This is Best Served New Volume 2. We're on episode seven and eight of eight, the final, the home stretch. So I want to bring Ching in to check in real quick. Ching, good to see you. Good to see you as well. All right, you're days away, putting a lot of pressure. This is when it gets really exciting. This gets scary as hell. So break it down. Where are you at? How are you feeling? What's uh, what's the latest? You bet. Um, so spent last weekend playing with some recipes um, during um, the snowstorm and everything because I was like, well, it's good time at home. To play with recipes. Um, gonna spend this weekend going out and getting some uh, some additional supplies for the truck, and then do another soft run next weekend is what I'm aiming for. Um, full full portion sizes, working the POS system, all of that stuff, so I can make sure that when we do the official grand opening, hopefully in a, 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 a week or two after that, um, that all systems are lined up and, and firing, and I don't have any holy crap moments on that first you know big day. Oh, you'll have a. A lot of holy crap moments <laughs> all day, every day, no doubt about it. You just hope that you're in the right position to be able to bob and weave as they come. Uh, one of the things that you said, very, very important, I think this goes this goes underestimated in restaurants. I remember this being a vulnerability, full portions, right? We do a lot of menu tastings with our, with our back of house team. Then we involve the front of house, right? We do these menu tastings and there's 10, 12, 17 people and we put up two dishes and everybody cuts everything in a tiny little bits and some people don't even get some stuff and they go oh this is really good and you get kind of this feedback well the only thing that matters is would somebody order it again and sometimes there's really great dishes for a bite or two yet you get palate fatigue or whatever it might be at the end you're like yeah i'm good i don't ever need to order that again that's a big vulnerability and so i appreciate that you're going to do another one where you're focusing on the full portion <laughs> Uh, is super important. One of the other things that I think is interesting sometimes is for soft opening is have people pay and then give them a gift card for say twice the value of what they paid. So you're kind of paying for their meal. Uh, there is something interesting about when I have to think about the financial transaction and eating a whole dish, did I have the value that you're expecting. So a couple of things to think about I think would be super valuable. So appreciate that. But I want to get into park where people are obvious statements right you can go to the where the people are yet sometimes it's hard to find the people your position as an event producer puts you in a unique place and so when we were talking one of the people that came to mind for me was our friend jim pinger biker jim who you know a legend obviously with the the, the carts and the restaurants and the brands uh, but also somebody who i remember speaking to about thinking differently about where to park the cart. And so no further ado, I want to bring Jim in here. Speak with us. Jim, good to see you. 
You too, man. It's been a minute. Good morning, Ching. How are you? Yes. I'm so happy to connect the two of you. Uh, and I'm very excited about this topic because, Jim, you've, you know, 16th Street Mall, the cart, the history of that. And I'll let you kind of uh, talk about the highs and lows of that for a moment and kind of introduce yourself in the background a little bit. But uh, one of the things that was fascinating is you are still always thinking proactively on the catering side. And I remember you talking about uh, having one of your biggest summers ever because you were doing weddings because people no longer want the rubber chicken dinner at the hotel and you were doing like weddings. And I was like, I love that super unique way to think about things and to kind of expand on your brand. So I want to get into that a little bit before that, take us back a little bit. Give us oh. a little bit of the origin story. Of, Turn the way uh, back on. Let's, let's go back to 2005 when uh, I had been, you know, up to that point repossessing cars for like, most of 20 years and had gotten kind of tired of that whole situation, you know, not for nothing. I think I might've pushed my luck about as far as I could have since, uh, you it's know, a dangerous line of work, my friend, it, it, it has its moments. It's exciting moments, you know, and, and adrenaline and caffeine being my drugs of choice. It, it worked out really well for that. But, you know, when, uh, enough was enough. Uh, a friend of mine turned me on to the idea of buying a street cart and selling hot dogs on a street corner. And um, it seemed like a reasonable thing to me and nobody else that I knew. Um, and, you know, so I dived in with both feet and, you know, I've so far been pretty lucky with it. You know, I mean, um, for me, situations just continued to present themselves to me that made me think I was doing the right thing, you know, and, oh, you know, when when you do something and you don't run into a lot of resistance, um, you know, and that doesn't mean you don't work the 16 hour days that you have to and you're not, you know, sweating it out in the heat or, you know, trying to keep your pickles from freezing, you know, when you're trying to serve, you know, hot dogs at, you know, below zero. Um, it, but as I said, opportunities kept happening, which made me think that this was what I should have been doing. Um, so I've been really lucky in that regard. And, you know, as so one thing I want to touch on before we talk about where to park, in interestingly, is, you know, you have a very unique concept, you know, you know, rattlesnake and quail and elk in these in these truthfully, sausages. Truthfully, it's not it's not entirely unique. Um, it evolved into something that was unique. But I opened a hot dog stand, you yeah. know, and being an Alaskan kid, I brought reindeer sausage with me. That's it. And, you know, and I found a good local producer that did a great buffalo sausage, you know, and that that was kind of the wild stuff that we did to begin with. You know, some more traditional stuff was, you know, it was in the works and, you know, the menu more or less evolved into this wild game carnival that we're doing right now. But, you know, in effect, what I'm doing is taking a very accessible food, you know, America's hot dog. Yeah. And just changing up the proteins and doing fun, interesting ways of topping them and trying to uh, trying to be adorable when I do it, I guess. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> entertaining to say the least. I think it's I think it's important, Ching. I want you to really kind of pay attention to this. You know, uh, Jim's the I love it. The Alaskan kid with the reindeer. That was the catalyst. Right. Right. We have the Chinese immigrant American dream story. That's what you're trying to capture and how you navigate being the next generation of that. Right. Jim had to do things differently. But for him, he just mentioned it wasn't different for him. This is what he knew and he felt confident and comfortable. in. you're going to have to find that sweet spot for yourself. Oh, oh no, no, no. It wasn't as easy as all that. <laughs> I bet. Um, I bet. You know, I mean, 
I, I, I cut my teeth in the service industry and, you know, tended bar when I was a kid and, you know, worked in hotels and stuff, but I'd been out of really, you know, as a repo man, I don't know that customer service really <laughs> equates very well to that because, you know, I didn't make a lot of friends at that gig and I didn't talk to a lot of people in that gig. So when I first started back in, I was really quite nervous. It's, you know, it's being in front of the public like that can be quite nerve wracking. And, you know, so it just, you know, I mean, I, I became more and more comfortable the more that I did it, you know, and the fact yeah. that I can talk to just about anybody about just about anything for at least a minute, you know, was was handy. And that was the skill that I had. You know, That's good. I, I appreciate that. Ching, this is where the the courage to one, put yourself out there. You're already on that path. You've already made your intent known. And look at this. Good people find you. I mean, look where you are right now. This is amazing that you've put yourself in a position to, to be siphoning a lot of superpower right now. And, and that's we want to continue that. You're also going to be inspired and uncomfortable at moments presenting somebody with a brand new dish you know tofu and mushrooms something that's inspired in your family is going to be an uphill climb for some people to get there you're gonna have to find the way to get there you're gonna have to persevere yet the uniqueness of what you're bringing forward that truly speaks to you it's not gimmicky just like it wasn't for Jim, it's going to attract the attention that you want and deserve in the long term you're gonna have to grind it out like Jim did and then you know Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmern and Muriel Lefebvre, those those people find you. So, you know, we're not those we're not those guys, but you know, we found you and we appreciate that uh, you're letting us support you a little bit. So let's get into some practical things, Jim. You the, the weddings, let's start there and see where this goes. I mean, when I heard biker Jim doing people's weddings, I was like, fuck yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. Yet that is so different, like a wedding with reindeer sausages and like geeky sides is brand new. So talk about how that kind of evolved. Well, first off, a wedding with a hot dog cart was new. We, we yeah. were probably the first time people would would go to a wedding and see a hot dog cart and they're looking at the bride and groom going, what's up with this? <laughs> you know, um, I, I did have the advantage of having really good food you know and and it was unique enough you know um so a couple of things that i learned early on and we'll get into the wedding stuff but how do you get people invested in you in your business in what you're doing you know and this is something that we've seen a lot lately you know throughout the pandemic um the customer service has not been what it has been before at a lot of restaurants at a lot of places you know you can't use the bathroom you know, I mean, for God's sakes, or, yeah. you know, that's what we have, or that's, you know, I mean, <clears throat> things that, you know, those in the service industry have kind of, you know, look for in how do you relate with customers? You know, it, it doesn't feel like it's been one. And I'm not saying that's across the board. There's absolutely some standout places, but, you know, I've run into that a lot lately. Um, that was sort of the same thing with street food. You know, you're looking at the cranky old guy with the, uh, you know, the dirty water dogs and, you right. know, give me a dollar and get the fuck out. You know, mm -hmm. so I learned at an early, you know, early period how to get people invested. And it's as simple as caring a little bit. It's as simple as eye contact. It's as simple as, you know, listening to your customer, you know, um, and that that really spurred me on. Um, so onto the wedding stuff, you know, 
our food is good and it's interesting. And a lot of people had never had like a pheasant hot dog before or a reindeer hot dog or an alligator hot dog, you know. And so when they first show up at the wedding, they're they're pretty trepidatious about eating a hot dog at a wedding, you know, and there might be a beer stand, you know, it seems a little, you know, white trashy or a little low key, low rent. <laughs> and then when they're in line the second time going, oh, I had the wild boar, what are you going to have this time, you know? that's when it started feeling like we were doing something unique and that's when it felt like we were doing something that um you know can be very trendy so on to on to weddings on to catering in general you know as a as a street cart you know as anybody really that's why there's a ton of catering companies um it's it's the best money out there you know we also you know we set up at you know we've set up at civic center eats before you know, we had the location on the 16th Street Mall. We're on a rare area campus. We do a number of, um, you know, farmers markets, the South Pearl Street Farmers Market. You know, places like that are great, but you never know what you're going to get. You know, I mean, you can go in and you have to, you know, try and par up as best you can for what you're looking to do. Yep. Um, the beauty thing about hot dogs are if we don't cook them, we don't use them. So, you know, when you're preparing, you know, pre-made dishes and you're pouring that up, you have to be way more careful because there, there can be a lot more waste, you know. Um, that's where catering comes in because when somebody orders a hundred of this, you know, you're, you know, you may make 110 or 120 in case some people want a little bit more, but you're not making up a hundred things and selling 20, yeah. you know. So catering is, you know, it's brilliant for that. Um, I love that, Jim. I want to get, I want to get really practical. How do you sell the biker gym brand, obviously that's what you know, to you know a potential wedding. Where do you even go? How do you navigate into that space? Because look, you know, you aren't the dolled up wedding planner uh, doing a, a wedding tasting and pedophores and everything is beautiful and all of that. Like it's a different vibe. In the and culinary scene. Towards it. How did you practically get into that space? In the culinary scene, I'm like the really pretty trash collector, you know. <laughs> um, so, and and for me, it was lucky. It was I had customers that really enjoyed our stuff, you know, really liked the stuff, and they wanted it at their wedding. That's how it began, you know. And um, my marketing has been rather organic. I haven't done a ton of marketing per se, but we've been lucky enough to be featured on you know, some food shows and, you know, and some publications and stuff like that. So we've got a little bit of notoriety there. Um, you know, I did hire a, uh, you know, I have a catering manager who isn't shy about calling, uh, you know, event planners. And, and I, I take it that's part of, uh, part of your, your history, Ching. You, you, you've done some event planning. Yeah. So I work for a catering company full time. Um, and the food truck is a, a side thing that started up um, when the opportunity fell in my lap last September. So I've been awesome. working behind the scenes while I'm working full time as well. Awesome. Um, you know, poaching, poaching their customers might not feel ethical nor, you know, a really great <laughs> idea. Nobody, nobody would be that happy with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if some of these customers come to you because they know that you've got that going on, that's kind of a different story. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and so for me, it was we had a reputation as, you know, having good food, um, you know, my crew are horrible people, but they're good at a party, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. And that's, you know, the nice thing with a, with a business like, you know, named biker gyms, nobody expects a high level of decorum. Right. So, you know, there's a lot that we can get away with. 
um, in that, you know, and I love the name of your company. Look who's cooking is brilliant. I like that a lot. I think that's going to get, you know, yes. get you some attention right there. Yeah. Um, you know, so at this point, it be, it's going to become, I think, being part of the community. It's, you know, you have contacts already and I wouldn't be too shy about using the ones that, that you can and feel good about using. Yep. Um, you know, and, and absolutely make use of that. But it's also going to be what can you get involved with, you know, and, you know, the Pearl Street Farmers Market is a great example. They, they might be full, but there's a lot of markets out there and people right now are looking to get out. Being outside is, you know, it feels safe to a lot of people. Yeah, it's very you know? true. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy to turn you on to, uh, you know, Nicole Jarman and, and her mom who run the Hobnob events. So they run the Pearl Street Market as well as a few awesome. other ones. It's a great place to make a guest spot. You know, um, you know, you're going to, <clears throat> you know, really need to start wowing some customers. You know, start start lining that up. Uh, you, you're already on a really great platform to get yourself known, and you know, so continuing to to try and cultivate that is going to become really really handy. Um, and just get out there and start cooking. Just get out there and, like I said, start start serving some people and you know just be charming as fuck and you know and make people really happy with your food yes um, this is and, a master class right now jim i, well, I appreciate it jim is at self-deprecation when he's brilliant at what he does okay. let, don't let him fool you uh he is a, a marketing wizard he doesn't do much advertising there's a different marketing is pure storytelling and presenting who you are not just focusing on what you do, right? Jim has really built who you are. So he doesn't have to transactionally advertise the food because the food is just an extension of who he is, who his team is, those pirates on the pirate ship. And then the food again, once again, food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. That is gonna be so important. Jim has done that better than most and stuck, stayed true to who they are, which has allowed them to evolve. Ching, you're gonna have to do the same thing we talked about, you know, like really dig into those roots and let people know who you are, the, the, the beauty and the unfamiliar ingredients as well. So I think that's gonna be an important piece of, of kind of marketing. I think what Jim's talking about too, is like you need, to be, you need to be everywhere for a while. You need to let people see you and see the beautiful truck and interact with you and, and see you like the joy that you're gonna have. It's gonna inspire you, it's gonna inspire them. And people like Nicole, there's definitely gatekeepers that can get you in a position to get in front of not just a good amount of people to be able to sell the hundred orders that Jim mentioned, also to get in front of the right people that cultivate that foundation because you're gonna need those early adopters. That's what Jim really found is those early adopters because <clears throat> mainstream, you don't sell to the mainstream. Your early adopters, they sell to the mainstream. That's what you need. You need some you need some like acolytes you need some people that really buy into the brand because it's unique and it's uniquely you so uh appreciate this ching let's what other questions do you have for jim while we got him here while we got jim and bonnie if you have questions for the cat <laughs> i feel like the cat might be you know side genius helping jim on his marketing strategies no she's an asshole so she's <laughs> um i guess how far in you know doing the carts and stuff did you start getting involved with farmers markets and is that kind of the, the main place that you are um and 
private events or? Well, I mean, you know, over the course of the last year, it's been, you know, we all know pretty difficult, you know, yeah. and so we've been mostly on hiatus. We're in the midst of, uh, right now we're in the midst of hiring people, which is not a joy at this mm. point when uh, when most, you know, <laughs> most of your employees, remember two years ago, Jensen, when they were opening a restaurant every three days and it was difficult to find employees because yep. there, you know, that market was so strong. Right now, it's way easier for, for a lot of your potential crew to sit at home smoking pot, watching Netflix and making, you know, eight, nine hundred bucks a week. You know, the other thing that we've seen, too, is some of the most talented people recognize that their skills were transferable and left the industry. Indeed. And so we're going to have to do a lot of work to not just look at the people that currently are looking at restaurant work. We're going to have to bring people back mm -hmm. that have said, I'm out of here. And we have to create that sense of belonging for them because we got to recognize the business model is vulnerable. Right. So that that's a huge, huge factor change for sure, which is why your story is important. Like if it's just about cooking some reindeer dogs, that's vulnerable. If it's just about cooking some fried rice, it's vulnerable. But if it's about being a part of something that matters, that's what people want to be a part of. So I appreciate that. Ching, what other questions you got for Jim? A couple more minutes. Um I'm trying to think. It's it's been a long it's been a long week already. <laughs> um, how like on average, how many times are you, let's say pre-pandemic, um, were you guys going out a week and how many carts do you have? Um, able to be out in the community. Okay, um, I have six carts, and you know, pre-pandemic, you know, we would sometimes do, you know, during the season, we're 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 hot dogs, so we don't do a lot in you know December and January, but come April and May, April, you know, spring, summer, and fall, you mm -hmm. know, so we collect all our chestnuts. Uh, we would do multiple dig gigs a day. You know, I mean, I had some static locations. We were on the 16th Street Mall. We are on Auraria Campus. We're on Buckley Air Force Base. And, but we would also, Steve told you, uh, <laughs> we would also, uh, you know, do as much catering as we could. And, you know, I've been in business for a while. So we have been a go to for a lot of places. You know, street food is, you know, um, do you remember, were you around for the Justice League of Street Food, Jensen? Yep. When that got started, you know, and that was kind of the the originating of the Denver more or less gourmet street food scene. There's been yeah. Montero's and food trucks around for for decades, you know, and sandwich trucks. This is the first time that people that were doing something unique and interesting came out. So the street food scene is strong in Denver. I would get as involved with that as you could. Yes. <clears throat> and finding locations, you know, get in the queue for Civic Center Eats. Um, you know, and after this, I'll shoot you Nicole's info and, and talk to her awesome. um, and just, you know, start finding, finding places that work. You know, I mean, I got lucky it's again, you know, and, and I worked pretty hard to get lucky. That's one of those, one of those traits, you know, the harder That's I work, the you are. Yeah, indeed. Um, but, you know, uh, some of the static locations that you can be at one or two or three days a week and know you're going to make, you know, at least enough money to be there you know, yeah. and start, start building up a, building up a following, you know, uh, you're probably way smarter than I am having, you know, already put together good, strong online presence, you know, the, I'm, I'm old. I like think Facebook, you know, I mean, TikTok. I'm not even sure. Well, oh, we're going to get you on TikTok, Jim. Now, <laughs> now I have a new mission. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You would crush on TikTok. So, Ching, one of the things that I think Jim's mentioning that, that I really want you to, to focus on is 
You don't know how often you're going to go out. You don't know exactly what that's going to look like. One of the things that's going to be important is when you show up, you show up strong. And one of the ways that I think you're going to be able to separate yourself is understanding the dynamic of the event. So anybody who's putting on a farmer's market, anybody who's putting on Center Eats or any other like food truck roundup or something, you know all of the struggles that they're going through to get that event produced. Your ability to have empathy for that and be able to communicate the way that they communicate, be able to show up, be timely, be punctual, do all the things that you know that sometimes us chefs don't do that well when we do events is going to separate you. Where you're <clears throat> the first person they call because they know they can count on you, that's gonna be what separates you. So play to your strengths there. And then when you show up, like Jim says, you better wow some customers. Like the food better be on point. Yet I think the things that are gonna separate you is everything all the way leading up to the food. And then the food will just be the proof once again that you are who you say you are. So uh, I really, really appreciate that for sure. Uh, Jim, this summer, where's your attention this summer as we're, you know, we're hearing whispers of, of full open July 4th weekend, mm -hmm. you know, people getting vaccinated looking at, at the event season this summer, sports stadiums filling up, all of that. Where's your attention? Where do you think the white space that you guys are going to see the most success in? Well, um, I mean, we are at Coors Field, so we'll be there opening day. You know, Great. Oh. Are, you know, the restaurant we will open, you know, I'd love to be back seven days a week. But, you know, at this point right now, it's probably going to be three to four days a week okay. until we can round out who we're looking for. Um, farmers markets for sure. But their people are just dying to do stuff with their neighbors, with their friends, you know, at, at any community event. And there's a number of organizers that are going to be up. You know, we, we're, we have a number of catering gigs already lined up this yeah. summer. So we're excited yeah. for that. And as I said, that's, that's the cream of the crop. That's where you know you're going to go in and you're going to make X money. Your crew loves working those because they usually get tipped well. Um, you know, so that's the the focus at this point right now I, i'm also i have a focus in retail you know time to start pimping the brand a little bit let's uh, go you know trying to trying to make that a little more happening um the restaurant is getting a a, a really fun facelift so when we get the doors open there it's gonna also be really you know it'll still be the garage chic we're looking for but it'll have some attraction to it um, I love it. Couple things to unpack as as we wrap that up. What he just said: every single restaurant, every single operation needs to be in CPG, consumer packaged goods. You need to be selling your brand, getting it into people's homes, on the pantry, top of mind at all times. Increase revenue, diversifying your streams. It's everything. It's the game that you need to be in. So I want you to think about your your fuss sauce and all those things <clears throat> that Jim was talking about. Jim, I am so excited to hear you say that. Super important. The last thing that I wanted to touch on is Jim has done some of the most uh, amazing uh, collaborations. It's big, big, big on collaboration. Ching, I want you to start thinking and I want you to present a plan and see if Jim might be interested in doing a collaboration with you. You're going to have to dig deep. The best of the best are looking to Jim all the time to do collaboration. But I think you might come up with something super unique and personal and find how thoughtful you are and find something that's interesting to Jim because you do a collaboration dog with Jim, it changes your brand mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, we've done, we've done some fun things with some local chefs, you know? Yeah. So I want you to get back in the lab and start thinking. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you create that opportunity for yourself, again, people find you, 
People want to support good people doing good things. And uh, and Jim is absolutely one of those people. So, Jim, I can't thank you enough. We'll follow up for sure. Some introductions in the cold and the types. Love to see the two of you at an event. We'll bring the whole crew down, the drone, film the whole thing. Like, I want to see you guys there. That'd be make, make me so happy. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, Jim, you have a great rest of your day. Thank, thank you. We'll you let you go. go. Cheers. My pleasure. Thank you. Ching, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, Ching. That's awesome. Absolute, yeah. absolute legend. Of course, the alarm is going off. We'll wrap this super quick. Uh, it's always something. Ching, good episode. Really, really take this to heart. I think getting you connected with some people that Jim mentioned, and getting you in the right spots, and then really think about that. Collaboration dog that served at Biker Gyms with Look Who's Cooking could be a game changer for you. So, all right, Ching, that's it. Next week, last, we're going to talk Instagrammable uh, street food. Really think about how your visual identity is going to be expressed. So we're going to dig into that a little bit next week. I'm excited. I'm kind of sad we're going to be done soon. I know. <laughs> Just the start. We'll stay connected to you. Everybody is invested in you now. We're invested in you and uh, cannot wait to see, you know, where you take it from here because I think you have such a great foundation, such a great story. And now you have a, you're building a great team. You haven't even hired one employee and you already have a great team because you're the type of person that attracts good people to you and you need to, that is a superpower you need to like really cultivate. Thank you so much. All right, Ching, have a good rest of your day. Thank you, you too, Jensen. All right, everybody, that is it for today's episode. Great episode. You know, that is just relationship building as best. So important to me now forever. Jim and Ching will be connected and I know great things come from good people connecting good people. Truly believe that. So excited once again. Best Serve Podcast 299, Park Where People Are understand where people are and take them on that journey like Jim did, like Ching's planning to do. So once again, look who's cooking has been the focus of our eight part series. This is seven of eight. Next week will be the last episode. Best served new volume two. That is it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.